What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Anacreates Podcast. Now, before we actually jump into the episode, I just wanted to come on here with a couple quick announcements. First off, you may be able to guess by the fact that you're listening to this, but there is a new season of the podcast in the works, and I'm frankly, I haven't been more excited to film episodes of the podcast. We are switching it up a little bit. It is going to be a bit of a different show, uh, a different format, but I think you're really, really going to like it, whether you're just getting started with music production or whether you are uh, deep into it and have been doing it for years. I think there's lots to learn from all all different kinds of creators, different inspiration and insight and just things you can try or just learn from. So that is what's coming up on the podcast. I don't want to say too much right now, but just know that it's very exciting. The way that I look at the new format is, uh, this is what I'll say, it's kind of like a coffee break with creators. Those coffee breaks when you're just sitting in the studio lounge and just chatting about stuff to do with the session. That's what I want the new season to feel like. So I'm getting used to it. I am working on it and uh, I'm really excited to share it with you guys. So that's the announcement that I'm really excited and I just wanted to share with you before we get into the actual episode. Anyway, for now, here is an episode to kind of tide you over and give you a little bit of an insight into the new format. But anyway, without further ado, let's dive into the episode. What is up, people of the music verse? Welcome back to the Anna Creates Podcast. My name is Alex Krotz, and this is my show about creativity, music production, and audio engineering. This episode, I'm joined by Emma O'Reilly and Malcolm Cottle to discuss a very ambitious project that plays into an interesting release strategy for Emmett O'Reilly's new solo record. Emmett has released many records with various bands he's a part of, including Pew Pew Pew, Owen Wilson, Stuck Out Here, and many, many more, frankly. His latest release, which we're talking about today, is his new solo EP called My Vacation. This record, which came out recently in September, it had a very interesting release, including three different versions of the songs as promotional material. And we dive into how he sees those various versions as opportunities to let the songs live and continue to grow. Now, one of those versions is a new live off the floor recording, which is mostly the same band that played the record almost five years ago. And that is included in a cinematic short film concept music video project called Anxious Attachment. This short film was created with, directed, filmed, and edited by Malcolm Cottle. And today we're going to chat about the inspiration and creative process behind that and how they actually managed to pull it off. With a whole bunch of changes along the way, it definitely has some twists and turns and just funny stories along the way. And of course, I have to ask what they learned from this whole experience, what they're most proud of, and what their biggest lessons are that they took away. And of course, would they do this again? Now, if you have not seen the film and want to know what we're talking about, it's only about eight minutes long, and the link will be in the show notes so you can go check it out and see what we're talking about. Now, I will say that I do have a bit of insider information for this conversation because I did help with the filming and it was just such a great fun experience with such a great team. It is a great conversation and I think you'll pull a lot of inspiration away from this for whatever ambitious project you want to take on next. With that, let's dive into it. Emmett Riley and Malcolm Cottle, welcome to the Anna Creates Podcast. Uh, once again, both of you have been on here before, but it's nice to have you both together. Today, we're going to talk about uh, some really cool stuff. First off, I just wanted to step back a little bit and talk to Emmett for a second about the actual original record. I just wanted to, uh, to get you to talk a little bit about what the record is about and how the record kind of came to be, because it's very unique. It's very short. It's three songs. It's got a runtime of all of five minutes or something, uh, but there's a lot packed into it. Totally. Okay, so uh, big question. All the songs were written in 2017, and and considering it's such a, a short burst of music, it it kind of seems crazy that it took so long for 
it to come out. It was all kind of written around a, a pretty intense summer. Uh, I won't get into it too too much because everybody can obviously make their own uh, make their own interpretations on what the songs are about and things like that. But um, for me, I, I finished off a summer and sort of went, "Whoa, that was uh, whew, that was a doozy." <laughs> emotionally and and uh there was a lot of traveling and you know there was just a lot of a lot of stuff going on and and so not too long after that i would say maybe like a year or so later i, I got together with two of my roommates con gunsberg and ian cully um and tristan henderson and we recorded at uh studio 69 downtown with our friend chester um, and just did did those three songs in a day, I guess. I guess we did all the all the beds in a day, and I think I went back another day and recorded the vocals. Tristan really wanted to mix it, uh, and and he, I, I remember we did a lot of. There were a lot of variations. I remember being like kind of, kind of even happy at a certain point, and Tristan was just like, "No, this isn't right yet." And I was like, "Oh, okay, interesting." And uh, in the meantime, the first EP came out. And a couple other things came out, like, you know, a, a Stuck Out Here record and Pew Records and Respire Records and stuff like that. So it was busy, and and then the pandemic kind of hit. <laughs> I feel like that's just an asterisk on every story you tell these days. It's like, you know, these things caught up, yeah. and, and then the COVID happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It absolutely, I, I don't think anyone can deny that, like, it gave a pretty unique opportunity to uh, assess the things that, that you could actually change in your life or like take care of. And uh, one of those things for me was these, uh, you know, I, I've said it a few times in the process of releasing this is I, I don't really love necessarily being like the, the solo guy being the center of attention. Uh, but I do really like these songs and I believe in these songs and that was something that became pretty apparent to me over the the pandemic was that I wanted to do something uh with these recordings so my solo project is definitely something that I'm a little more precious about mm. I'm a little more particular about who I collaborate with and and I wasn't really looking this time around to like try and work with a with a label or anything like that that made me start thinking of different ways you can can promote something and different ways that you can make an exciting release and and obviously at this point I'm definitely talking with Malcolm because Malcolm has a lot of great ideas on on this and and I feel like this was sort of the beginning of us kind of brainstorming anxious attachment the record itself is obviously three songs it's it's very short and, and you said you wrote it kind of about that summer and and what happened did you write it at the time obviously the anxious anxious attachment video wasn't a thought at that point but at the time did you write it as a kind of a, a concept record what was that kind of thing like because obviously it works together in the end Sure. Yeah, I guess I, I was a little uh, I was a little vague when you, when you were kind of asking what it was about. I mean, the the first two songs are about uh, the same thing. They're about like a, a breakup, a particular person. It, it was kind of a um, like a long distance relationship, and so the third song is about when I got home from that breakup, basically, and. Uh, getting some bad news upon getting home 
And so it was kind of uh, just like amusing on this this idea of like I, I'm back here in my safe space after kind of getting like thrown away a little bit, and uh, it's not maybe as safe as it as it was, which sounds maybe a little uh, a little bleak or whatever. But um, I, I find yeah, those are definitely the the times when I tend to write the most or when I feel like I, I have something to kind of get out of me. Yeah. So that was uh, that was definitely a, a big, uh, confusing summer, I would say. Yeah. And so it was it was nice to be able to to address that in a in a way that was positive and in in ways where, like, I, I again, love the songs that came out of it. I think they're pretty catchy and, and pretty fun, really, yeah. considering that they're uh, made from such uh, confusing feelings. I remember him kind of sending it to me and sort of, you know, uh, offering his musings and uh, kind of what he thought of it and what he wanted to do with it and stuff like that. I remember being very struck by the fact that uh, the subject matter seemed very sad, but that the songs were so upbeat um, and that there was kind of this juxtaposition of like, uh, you know, upbeat melancholy, I think is what we referred to it or, you know, something like that. I totally agree with you. That is a really good way to put, put it actually, because you don't think about it, at least I didn't when I was first listening to it, the tracks don't feel sad at all, but then you start looking at the thing and you're like, huh, these lyrics are a little bit maybe sadder than I thought they were to begin with. So, yeah. <laughs> Emmett, if you don't mind, I have a question for you, just kind of on a more personal level. Um, because you mentioned uh, quite a few things. One is you're very well known for playing with big acts like Pew 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 and Respire and Stuck Out Here. Um, but you then you also mentioned that you don't like being necessarily like the one in the spotlight. Um, but you felt like you had a need to get these songs out. Why do you continue to write your own material, given that you have pretty large commitments to, uh, you know, big acts? Um, why do you take, why do you feel the need to take the time to, to still write your own music that is 100% Emmett O'Reilly? I'm just, uh, curious if you could uh, comment on that a little bit. It's a good question. Uh, and I might have a different answer for you depending on the day. Um, <laughs> but I kind of look at it as like a, a place that I can put stuff that doesn't really fit. When I when I started doing it, I remember when I was writing the songs that ended up being the first EP, I was like really inspired by, you know, Mike and Ryan and Ivan and Cam. And I was really trying to write songs for the bands. And they didn't really, it, they didn't turn out right. And I was like, well, I like these songs, but they aren't really like, good for the band. So that was why I decided to, you know, put them out as a solo project. And then, you know, that kind of like has flipped on me a little bit, I would say in, in the sense of like, I, I, you know, feel a lot more comfortable writing songs for those bands now. And I think that I, I can, and I do, and I will continue to, obviously once I get past these, these other songs that I, I think are, you know, for whatever reason, I I feel like they're Emmett O'Reilly solo songs. Like I kind of just want to be able to put out anything I am experimenting. With. You say you don't want to be as much of the of the spotlight, and and uh, so to speak. Um, but yet with this record, I feel at least from from looking from the outside in, you really upped your game with the release and the release strategy and how you went about actually putting it out because. On your first record, which I was uh, a part of making, it, I mean, you put it out, you did some promotion for it, but it wasn't nearly as, um, so much stuff around it. But yet for this one, you did 
you know, you did a vinyl pressing, you did those backyard sessions, which were super cool. Uh, you did this massive video short film project. You like, there's, there seemed to be a lot of stuff, some custom merch. You did like a mini tour to promote it. There was just so much more. It felt like so much more at least. Uh, but yet you say you don't want to, you're not as, as into being the spotlight. Is there a reason you still wanted to do this? Was it more, I want to play with this and try these things or was it, I'm going to give it a shot and hopefully it does more than I think it's going to do. Maybe I do want to be the spot. Like what was the thought behind putting so much effort into this? I, I think I kind of alluded to the idea that I didn't, you know, I didn't want to work with a record label, mm. for example, which is not to not to badmouth, particularly not to badmouth any of the record labels that I've worked with on solo stuff in the past, because th those have been like friend labels, you know, like people that chipped in a little bit of money and like helped out with with whatever I was doing or whatever. But uh, in in the past, you know, anytime I've sort of staked my my dreams on what somebody else could do to promote my album usually i'm i end up being a little bit disappointed right um so i think most of what i was doing here was really motivated by the desire to do a better job than i have seen in the past right <laughs> i i i really wanted to to you know that was a big part of the reason why I hadn't put it out already to begin with mm. was because, you know, again, I, I like the songs and it, it just didn't make sense to me to waste the release. And if, if I was going to, if I was going to put it out completely under my terms and completely being in control of it, it, it made sense to me to put my best foot forward, no matter how comfortable I was with it. And Malcolm will tell you, there are definitely a lot of, steps in this process that I was definitely not the most comfortable with, but <laughs> right. uh, I, I'm, I am glad that I kind of pushed through and did them because it did make for a much more like thorough and, and uh, complete and satisfying release. Really. I am really proud of how it has come out. Right. You know? What kind of spurred the, cause you've been sitting on it for a while, as you said, like it was so close, but not quite. And you were waiting for the right thing to release it to, cause you were doing it under your terms. What was the, catalyst i guess that you went now is the time number one factor i would say is malcolm <laughs> uh because what malcolm, I malcolm love is a man of malcolm is a man of deadlines i am not oh. a man of deadlines <laughs> you know and so i start i start talking to to him about all these ideas of like oh it would be cool to do this for for this release or whatever and lo and behold he starts setting dates <laughs> so uh so all of a sudden the, the shit gets done and and for me it was a big concern like again getting back to like wanting to do the release properly i was really uptight about having all the pieces like in my hands before starting the release or before deciding on a release date and that was a big reason why it was taking so long too is because i i was afraid to pull that trigger and decide on a date until everything was in my hands which didn't end up happening anyway and and <laughs> we can get to that in a little bit but um the other person that i think was a huge reason for that happening is tanita um because with the first EP release, 
again, I, I, I get pretty like pretty weird about it. I, I wanted to do all the art on my own, you know, and I'm not an artist. And, and I did all the art on my own and I'm happy with how it turned out. It looks cool or whatever. But but for this release, I was like throwing around some ideas. And I remember showing some early ideas to Malcolm and and, uh, you know, I was getting like, OK, feedback and I was feeling like, OK, about it. But it, it just wasn't really like that wasn't quite right. And uh, I reached out to to Tanita Salati, our, our friend, who, for anybody who doesn't know, it's uh, Miscellaneous Creative on Instagram and, and all that. She, uh, like, I feel like it was the same day or something. It was, it was something, like, ridiculously, stupidly fast. Uh, sent me back sort of like a rough draft that was, like, a million times better than anything I could ever do, obviously. And uh, also had like so many ideas for um pictures and 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 small like little stories and things I could post for for content and like I couldn't have possibly asked her to do all the things that she did because I didn't even know that you should do them you know like like she just came up with so many like great ideas for for visuals and and for things for the release and uh I guess I would say she was like the artistic director of the the EP or whatever at this point cuz uh you know right down to like the this was the the thing I was talking about with not all the pieces did uh end up in our hands right before the release we didn't quite have the 7 inches ready we didn't have all the materials ready and so she like designed the packaging from scratch basically like figured out how to do that built it all like it, uh and the people I, I talked to a couple of people recently who like got one of the seven inches and they're like, Oh, it's like beautiful. The packaging is so cool. How'd you come up with this? It's like Tanita, <laughs> Tanita just crushed it. You know, those two people, those are the reasons that it <laughs> happened right now. I would say is because I started talking about it to these two highly creative and motivated people. And all of a sudden it happened. Speaking of um, the wonderful Mr. Malcolm Cottle, who's been sitting here patiently, uh, <laughs> <laughs> The let's talk about this this anxious attachment thing. This whole project is a whole nother piece to this, frankly. Like there's a record and you put out a record and you have to do all the artwork and you have to do all this stuff for it and it's a huge thing. And then you go, you know what? I'm gonna do a whole narrative music video that is actually a short film for this whole thing and that has a whole other set of stuff going on so massively ambitious project how did the concept of the video come together and the and the whole project frankly yeah i i would say it definitely got started like regardless of what you think of mgk and his music or him personally we just thought when he released um uh, what was it called? The album was Tickets to My Downfall, and then they released Downfall High. Um, and I was just really blown away by the ambition of doing something like that, um, especially for like pop punk, which was not a, you know, especially when MGK started doing stuff, was not a mainstream um, genre. Uh, again, it was kind of seeing a bit of a revival, which is kind of cool. And it was just really crazy to me that he did every song from the album is in one movie with this narrative that goes through the entire thing. Like, I was just like, wow, that is, that is something rather than just doing, because he had also done a few single music videos, but then he did like the whole album as a film. And I just thought that was super cool. And I remember I sent it to, to both of you and um, me and Emmett just kind of got talking about it. Like, wow, like, can you imagine doing something like that? And then Emmett was like, well, you know, I have this three song EP that like we could do something similar 
Um, and honestly, I kind of blacked out after that for a few months as we started getting going. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't remember the, I just remember that's how the conversation sort of started. And then it just really, it moved fast right after that because right. we, I want to say this was sort of in the like late, early, like early spring, late winter of last year is when we started talking about this. So 2021. So we were like still kind of coming out of pandemic. So things were like starting to be possible again. And we started kind of talking basically with like, well, what would this be? What would it do? And Emmett kind of was explaining all about the EP and kind of the themes there. And we, uh, our early initial conversations were very much, we didn't want the the storyline to be too on the nose. We wanted it to be fairly interpretive. We also knew we were working with like negative budget. So uh, any way we could, you know, uh, so it, it was very DIY. It was very indie, you know, in that way. So like, you know, we we knew we couldn't do a lot. So we had to kind of add a lot of symbolism into everything and kind of really let the story sort of speak for itself without a lot of, quote, production value was kind of like our thinking going into it. Um and actually, it was the, it, it almost happened twice without happening. I don't know if, if you, I mean, you remember this, but like, you know, we were planning it um, in 2021 and we had finished all of the writing and all of the pre-production planning by, I want to say, like June or July. And we were ready to do it in August, but then another project um, came up with Emmett that was pretty big. So we decided to put a pause on it because I just couldn't do both. They were just, the two projects were just so big. I was just like, I, I can't do both like back to back. I need some space. So we put we put the film on pause and then we were going to do the other project, but then the other project ended up <laughs> getting put on pause as well because I couldn't get over the border because my uh, negative COVID test didn't come in in time. So they wouldn't let me over the border. So, um, so we were going to do it late summer, 2021, but it got pushed. Um, we ended up, uh, deciding to do it, I think March or May. I don't remember which, but it was supposed to get done in March and, or May of this year, 2022. And the week of, I want to say maybe three days before Emmett calls and he, he's got the COVID. So <laughs> I had to shut down production. COVID strikes yeah. again. Happening. Yep. <laughs> so we had to, to pause production again. And so we rescheduled it uh, for the first week in July, I think it was. So that's when we ended up shooting it. Jul- yeah. July um, 1st weekend. It was Canada Day weekend, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Which yeah. brought its own challenges that we had not foreseen scene because in our minds we had scheduled this all to be done in (laughs) may so the so like that was a whole thing too uh that we can get into in terms of the the filming complications yeah 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 i I Um, want to talk about that but i'm curious because you've said you delayed it all this this time mm -hmm. did it keep changing as you delayed it (laughs) yes So you could say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it changed a lot, actually. So originally it was supposed to be basically the same type of thing as Downfall High. Like it was going to just be like this narrative that we shot and then essentially three music videos that were happening in the background while this narrative played out over top. So like it was all going to be backtracked um, and just like miming like you do in a regular music video. Um 
as we got, uh, and that that held strong for about a year. Um, that didn't change for too too long. Um, that was yeah, and and originally too, we were going through a bunch of different actors to play the quote lead role. Um, so we were auditioning a lot of different actors and kind of throwing names around and kind of going back and forth. Um, there was this uh, ambitious idea to have a lot of like cameos too uh, from different uh, Toronto bands and stuff like that, just to kind of appear. Um, and like each song was going to be in like a totally different location with a totally different set and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then the second time it got rescheduled, um, Emmett realized that the original players for the EP were around to do the music video. Cause that was also something we were struggling with was that Emmett really wanted the original players to be in the music video, but the timing never quite lined up. Um, and, uh, you know, we, so we were also trying to find like, basically like stand-ins for the band too. And we were kind of figuring out how to shoot around that so that it didn't imply that they were the players and et cetera, et cetera. So that was, uh, that was a lot of stuff we were kind of, um, struggling with and like locations and stuff like that too. Cause I remember too, we did this with basically no budget. So like we were really like asking for favors to get into different places, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then eventually Emmett realized that when we finally were ready to, um, you know, we finally had the dates down and we were actually going to do it, that uh, the band was going to be in town. So um, Emmett was really excited about that. And instead of just having them mime the parts, he he kind of, uh, we had several long conversations about what if instead of miming, they actually recorded um re-recorded the entire EP live off the floor rather than, uh, rather than doing a, like a typical music video miming. What if we, what if we did that? So that changed everything and <laughs> as it would. Yes. <laughs> the week of the, the week before we were doing it, that, that's when this got decided. So oh, uh, basically we yeah. threw out all of our ideas in terms of how we were going to shoot all the performance stuff. And we decided to do it at um, uh, Shea Emmett um, because they had all the the stuff there and all the recording rigs and everything like that. And that's when kind of it was a very last minute decision. But it ended up being the thing we really marketed the film on, too, was the fact that not only was it like a a short film of the EP, but all three songs were re-recorded in one take live off the floor as well. Um, which I think is really cool, which I think actually puts it uh, a step above um, MGK's um, efforts because, you know, we, we went through uh, all of that to <laughs> re-record everything live off the floor for the film, uh, which put a lot of extra pressure on the shoot weekend, too, because it was a lot to pack in. It was a lot to rethink um, logistically, a lot more to consider. Did did the narrative still stay the same-ish or like the, the overall concept of the story, I guess? Yeah, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think that changed all too much. What really changed was Emmett ended up standing, um, stepping into the lead role. Um, we went back on, we, mm. you know, that idea had come up early and um, Emmett kind of shied away from it. He kind of wanted someone else to kind of take on that role. Um, but then we kind of kept going back and forth. And then uh, really when it came down to it, it was just like, it, it felt the most appropriate for him to play the role. You right. know, it was a very, as we've kind of discussed, it's a very personal story of the EP that the film kind of supports without being too on the nose about. And it just seemed the most appropriate thing for him to to play the, his own himself, essentially. Emma, do you want to kind of talk about the, the approach to the story and a little bit about it? The st- well, the starting point I remember was that I thought about making a video for for overboard that was basically like i i do a lot of running and uh running down to the beach there's a beach near my house 
that's usually what I, what I do every every day or so. And uh, so I, I sort of thought it's such a, like, fast, like, high-energy charging kind of song. It'd be cool to uh, do, like, a sped-up or, like, some kind of, like, a, a version of, of me running down to the beach or something. And there's a video, you know? But then, like, I get thinking about it, and I go, well, you know, that's clearly, like, not a not a story. That's a start, you know? That's, like, a, you know... The uh, the starting point. We of the have story. been talking um, about a few different music video ideas because I remember too. We had like a one take idea of like you sped up just like restringing your guitar. Do you remember that? That was an idea sure. one time yeah, too. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and then like so like the video mm-hmm. is just Ebbett restringing his guitar, and then he just plays the last chord, and that's the video. <laughs> so we we were kind of throwing yeah. together a lot of different like just like one off music videos. So the idea of videos was already in the works. Then that inspiration from MGK kind of was like, hey, this could be a a different approach to the classic music video. Let's do something more creative with it that not a lot of people are doing or have done yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. I I love writing short songs. A, a lot of my songs are really short. So to me, I, I definitely had already considered, particularly the idea that Overboard and Kind of Alone for the first time kind of go together as a uh, prequel and... right. Uh, I guess it's not a sequel if you have a prequel it's the prequel and then the thing, <laughs> the thing. but uh, you know once that idea of like oh uh, running down to the beach I feel like that kind of started the process uh, I can't remember exactly where the like throwing bottle message in a bottle came from that kind of came from trying to not be too on the nose so like at the beginning of the film there's a very obvious shot of Emmett's hand with his phone in his hand and it's just like a black screen with a reflection and that's sort of to prime the viewer that like the whole story is not an allegory but um symbolically like the message in the bottle is supposed to just be text messages back and forth but we just you know, thought that was boring. So that's kind of, you know, going along with the theme of the beach, we had this like message in a bottle kind of idea kind of going on. So like the whole thing is, is essentially like he's trying to get messages out to this mystery person um, and they're sending kind of mystery messages back. And it's like, it's, you know, it's sort of an analogy for um, just those late night text battles that you kind of get into when you're just desperate to like solve a problem with someone. And the neat thing about the three songs for the EP is that they really, uh, really eloquently served as a three act structure for the film, <laughs> which was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the first song really sets up who are our characters, what's going on, what do you have to pay attention to, what's important. The second act is really where we see sort of some of our character development. We see, um, Emmett, our protagonist, kind of unravel on the beach with some of his um, his desperation and the lack of communication he's getting, um, and he gets kind of more frustrated, and then there's kind of a... Um you know, not to spoil it or anything like that, but at the end of Act Two, there's a big uh, a shift, you know, in the narrative in terms of, um, you know, uh, his position, his power position, and and what he's trying to gain and how he's not able to gain it. So he has to kind of reset. And then in Act Three, we sort of have the revolu- uh, the resolution of all of the things that have kind of been building up um, for this character. You know, he he finally gets his his message and he's kind of kind of deal with that and his patience is sort of finally paid off by him not kind of pestering um and that's sort of paid off too and it, yeah it, so it, it really just sort of, it kind of wrote itself uh once we had the first two acts kind of done i think we worked the hardest on act three for the narrative in terms of trying to figure out like what is the result like what is the resolution here like what what happens and what's the payoff for kind of watching this and um 
having three songs just uh, worked really well for the narrative. Like Emmett said, like the, <laughs> the EP is only like five minutes, so the film's only like eight minutes total from beginning to absolute end. So it's it's pretty right. palatable that way, and it uh, serves as a fairly concise... Um, it was a little hard to edit, honestly, because we had so many ideas and we had so much stuff we were trying to pack in that getting a really clean edit that didn't feel rushed and like hit all its beats while also like showing where everything came from to like uh, the portal that we had with the portal was a mm-hmm. day of kind of decision. I thought, I, I still think that was like, you always got to leave something up for, uh, you know, for last minute, you know, this, cause you know, we didn't think of that. Um, we didn't think of this like portal. We were just going to show the bottle just showing up on the beach and he, you know, takes the message out of the bottle. But then we realized when we were filming, that it was really hard to establish visually with the camera, like where the bottle was supposed to be to show that like there is no bottle. Now there's a bottle. So we came with this, came up with this idea literally on the beach of like, well, what if Emmett has to build like out of with like sticks and rock, this little portal so that the bottle shows up in the portal. And then we can very clearly visually show that like the portal is empty. Ah, now there's a, there's a bottle in the portal. So, uh, there's some fun stuff like that too. Of just like, once you get filming, you just kind of realize, you know, you can plan, you can plan, you can plan, you can plan, but until you're actually doing it, you know, there's a, there's always something you miss. And that was kind of a fun one that I think really benefited the film in the end. Speaking of which, just because I do have some insider information, cause I, I was lucky enough to be there and and help with this. Um, (laughs) That leads into, I think, one of the uh, very interesting um, adjust-as-you-go lessons for this film uh, of day of filming, um, which has to do with the beach. Do you want to just tell that story? I think that's so fun. And it's a good lesson in how do we adjust based on what we're given that we did not plan for or foresee at all with this. Well, I'll say it started really well and then it really went down. So yeah, I think that's the big thing is that when we were planning this, it was like the first time we were planning this, it was like the end of the summer. The second time it was Mm. like beginning of spring. So like Emmett had scouted out the beach and scouted up a couple areas where we wanted to shoot. And like at those times there, there wasn't a ton of people on the beach. So there really was no problem. But we ended up uh, just for like days off and things like that. We ended up shooting at uh, Canada Day weekend, which we didn't realize, huh? A lot of people probably go to the beach on that weekend, and it was a gorgeous. Oh, and it was God, beautiful. It was, a, it was a perfect weekend. So, um, so we get down there for. Yeah. So we the, we actually shot the last scene first. So the very mm-hmm. last scene where he wakes up on the beach. That's what we shot first. So we got there really really early. Picked out this great spot on the beach. Um, that uh you know and there was like basically no one there too because it was nice and early so we we're like oh and it and it went really well it was the first scene we shot and it went really well and we were like feeling really really great about it so we our plan was to get there early and then go home and then go back in the afternoon because that's when he's supposed to arrive at the beach um so we were kind of right. trying to do all the beach stuff sort of in one day um and so like we go for lunch and we kind of you know uh charge batteries and get all get all packed up and we head back we can't even find parking we can't find anything. There's nowhere to park within a reasonable distance. We cannot find a thing. Uh, <laughs> so um, so we look around, and I think I want to say we were like, okay, well, this is ridiculous. We don't have a ton of gear. We can get to our spot. Let's go home, order an Uber, and we'll just Uber there and then Uber back. Like, that sounds really simple. Yeah, yeah, perfect, right. perfect. So we did that. I forgot that we did that. Yeah. So then we walked back, and the beach is absolutely packed. There are just people everywhere. We <laughs> cannot get back to the spot that we filmed at in the morning, um, which is creating a lot of anxiety, too, because we're like, oh, crap. Like, he's 
going to be at a, like, what do we do? Because we have, like, this mm. is where we filmed. So we have to, like, come back here. And, like, we liked our stuff. We didn't really want to reshoot that because we thought it went really well. Um, so we walk, I want to say, like, five miles down. <laughs> like, we walked forever. Because <laughs> Emmett kept being like, if we just go far enough, they'll thin out. If we just keep going down, they'll thin out. <laughs> and we're yep. like, okay. <laughs> so we just, we kept. Usually true. <laughs> we just kept going down and it just never thinned out. It thinned out for a little bit, but it was like a really rocky part of the beach. And so we were kind of thinking like, ah, oh, if we just shoot it right, maybe we can make it look like um, it's not, like it's like maybe we can make it look at like it's the same location, even though it isn't. Um, yep. and, uh, we just couldn't. And so, yeah, so we like pretty much production like halted there. So we had like five, you know, five of us there and we're just, we just don't know what to do. Cause like we can't find a single patch of beach. So Emmett finally just goes for a run <laughs> and keeps going down <laughs> and he calls us. He's like, I think I found a patch. And we found this tiny little patch that was right up by the water that just the one patch. Yeah. There's one patch and Emmett just like <laughs> held down, like spread out his arms. He's sitting there. He's like, no one come near this patch. Cause that was the thing. It was like, it, like we had to like throw these bottles and it was going to be getting up and like running around. Like it just like, the, it was going to be so courteous for us if we just yeah. like invaded yeah. someone else's spot. And plus we got like this whole Sliding camera in the rig sand, like, and kicking up sand multiple everywhere. people's like we have bounce boards, like all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, like it, it's, it's not right to ruin someone else's like, you know, day at the beach like that so yeah it was a real struggle to find the place so anyway eventually we find the place and we kind of rewrote it as well too so that like he would spend the day there but then we would shoot him packing up and relocating at the end of the day and then staying there for the night because we figured once we if if we just waited long enough into the evening eventually everyone would leave and we got really lucky and so that's what we ended up doing is we um we shot song two or act two all on this set, this new beach location, which we were able to get and kind of make work. Um, and then at the end of that, we ended up adding a, a transition scene where he basically packs up, looks kind of lost and is just trying to get like a new environment so that uh, to kind of reset himself. So we filmed him kind of going back down and then we waited just long enough that as the sun was setting enough people cleared out and we were able to get the original location in the evening. So then we shot him also like setting back up in the new location and we right. shot this really awesome time-lapse actually. Emmett just sat there for an hour, literally. Emmett sat there for an hour <laughs> while we rolled a time-lapse, but it's, it's so cool. I mean, it's one of my favorite it's, shots. Yeah. It's really movie. fun actually. Yeah. Of uh, just like, you know, cause the sun nice to be able to sit there with the sunset, <laughs> yeah, the sun just like perfectly sets behind him and the night kind of comes in and it transitions between like act two and act three. So perfect. Perfectly. I'm really actually happy yeah. with it. So yeah, but it, yeah, just a great example of like, oh my god, the problems we just kept running into with uh, with trying to film that. Yeah. Just like I don't totally. know what to do. <laughs> I I think it's really cool because that that scene that you're talking about, where with him walking down the beach and you managed to put that together in such a cool like. I love that scene. That's honestly visually such a cool scene because it breaks it up too like it's just like you get a little moment of no music i kind of you know added a lot of sound effects and a lot of ambient sounds and stuff like that so there's a really nice just break in the film where you kind of just get to breathe because so much has been happening from the beginning up to this point so it's a really nice rest i think and it just really kind of prepares you to go into the last song which is the last act of the film so yeah but i I, honestly yeah it was one of those things where like if, if you just take a moment take a breath and don't panic and just just get creative you you know we put all of our creative brains together and we found some solutions and i think it really worked out for the best in the film honestly in the end so emmett 
I'm curious to know what your, uh, how it was for you filming and being in the lead role, which you weren't going to be. And then you decided to be right at the kind of, again, it seems like a week before the <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. so how was that? How was filming and, uh, from your perspective and, and kind of being in that role. So you're, you're the talent plus it's your video plus you're dealing with all these changes. <laughs> like, how was that? It, well, I, I mean, I think I was imposing most of the changes <laughs> instead of dealing with, you know, I, I feel a little guilty hearing you guys talk about all this stuff. But I mean, yeah, so uh, for for me, I mean, I I mean, I wouldn't say I've like acted a, a lot before or at all, really, but but I'm interested in it. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, and so I was definitely excited to try it and and um, pretty fun to take direction to to you know just like try and uh act my best because you know again it's it's not exactly something i do and and so that was basically just like kind of a cool challenge i think uh i was pretty shy about about uh, again just like being in the spotlight at first but uh it did end up making the most sense um particularly once we decided to do the live recording lately i've been really drawn to the idea that like you know making a recording of of a song is beautiful and and important and and vital and absolutely not the end of the song right. you know you can continue on and and should continue on and create like many more versions continue recording it continue evolving it you know so it it felt to me like that was a nice way of of uh a let a letting the songs keep being exciting and not like get stuck right. in their recorded mm -hmm. state. You but, know? So Malcolm, how, how was it for you then directing that kind of thing? Cause you, I mean, you've done a, a million videos, but even, even this kind of a project is different from what you've done in the past as well. Yeah. For me, it was, it was building on a lot of skills I already had. It was just doing it in a, in sort of a broader, wider kind of way. Like I've done quite a few music videos with like some sort of a narrative where someone had to act. And I work with a lot of people that are familiar with acting, but don't do a lot of acting per se. Um, so I'm pretty used to trying to find creative ways um, of expressing like what I need from an actor um, a lot of times I like, I have a lot of experience with acting too. So a lot of times I just show by example. So I'm like, um, I need you to look nervous and I will just act out for them how I would like them to look nervous. And then I kind of, you know, I always like to them to try it themselves first with just verbal direction and then reinforced verbal direction and then an example, um, just to really kind of give them a chance to, um, explore it themselves first. I think that's always really important. Everything has to be a little bit more exaggerated than you think it is. Um, you know, uh, real drama exists in the close up, and, uh, the closer you get, the less information you have to, um, mm -hmm. you know, convey emotion to an audience. So like a lot of, um, you know, work with the eyes and your eyebrows or, you know, just what you, these little movements have to be kind of exaggerated so that they uh, can, because like Evan said, it, it, it's almost like you think of it like the dynamic range is actually a lot more narrow than you think it is. Um, 
your little smirk has to basically be a smile and it'll look like a smirk right. on film, you know? Um, so you have to kind of like uh, uh, shorten your dynamic range a little bit to, so that you can broaden it um, in the way it's actually interpreted uh, thereafter, right. which is really neat. But uh, no, Emmett was great though, because uh, uh, Emmett took the direction and he just kept trying, you know? Um, if I said sadder, he, he tried to get sadder. If I said, um, I remember there was a couple of times where he was like, I, this feels corny. Like I feel like I'm overacting or overdoing and I'm like, no, it's not translating. Like, just bring it heavier, yep. bring it bigger. It's an experimentation, too, because, uh, like I said, you know, when you're filming, uh, so you're directing photography, you're filming, and you're uh, directing actors, and also, you know, managing the set and everything like that. It's a lot to kind of keep on your mind. But that's where it helped to kind of have a very focused story with really just one actor. Um, so I feel like it got better as we went. Um, but, uh, and, and that was something I was a little nervous about cause I knew we logistically sort of had to shoot the last scene first. And I remember kind of going into that thinking like, this is a gamble. Like me and Emmett haven't warmed up to each other about how we're going to do this and how we're like, thank gosh we have this long, like a relationship of working together. So we like understand each other really well, but we've never done this before this specific task we have never done before. I might really ruin the film by making the the big ending the first thing we shoot without kind of like warming up to this process. But uh, luckily, um, we did really rely just on our honest relationship, I think, and just trusting each other, too, that if this is the direction we were giving each other, then that was the right thing. We just, I think, it, it came down to trust. And I think that's really what you have to have with your actors, is you have to have a lot of trust. And everyone has to kind of believe that everyone is doing their best and trying to uh, deliver the best that they can. And I think that's how you get a really great product like this, uh, something that uh, is really meaningful and engaging and something that people can connect with because everyone's just giving their honest best effort. Do you guys want to, uh, do you want to know something that I've not told you yet because I was afraid it would infuriate you all? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> What's that? I, uh, I was not for one second worried throughout the whole weekend when, oh. when shit was hitting the fan <laughs> on the beach. That's the thing. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't well, say good. it in the moment because I knew how fucking stressed out you guys yeah. were like, or, or like, uh, but we nailed that first scene and I was like, everything's going to be fine. That was a high that I was able to ride for the whole weekend, despite, you know, things went wrong. But but that, you know, that was a great way to start. Well, And really, honestly, like that was the worst of it, to be frank. You know, like the morning shoot, which was the last scene, went really, really well. And then that didn't go well. But then all of the running scenes went super well for Overboard. Um, once we were able to reclaim our spot on the beach for the evening... And night that all went super duper well um like no problems there so yeah like honestly like it all really worked out it was just like that was the big hiccup was like oh crap we have nowhere to film um the the second main part of this whole thing so <laughs> um but after that it all kind of went well and i'm really and i too i'm really glad we did all the narrative stuff first because we mm -hmm. spent two or three days like just shooting all of the narrative stuff, and then we had one full day to only shoot um, all of the music too, which we can talk about a right. little bit as well. Um, which I think was the was it really two or three days? Yeah, we did at least. Two. I guess two days. Yeah, we did yeah. It all in yeah. two days basically. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. The live off the floor thing. Um, you know, you kind of you mentioned Emmett that you had the the band was in town. And you're like, this would be really cool to have and and be able to do that. And you mentioned kind of letting the songs uh, live and, and continue to kind of grow and evolve. 
Is that why you wanted to kind of add in this live off the floor element? Why throw a wrench into Malcolm's plans? <laughs> no, why add that in there? Why, you know, it's super neat, yeah. but how does that come about? Not a lot of people even think to try that. Well, and, and my reasons may come across as petty considering the amount of work that Malcolm put in and, and the size of the wrench <laughs> that this tossed into it all. But um, in any case, yeah, that, that was one reason I think like continuing to, to evolve the song, I guess, is, is something that just seems a bit more artistic to me. Um, the, uh, the band in question is also uh, a band called Owen Wilson, which plays like more like hardcore kind of stuff. Uh, and we were kind of rehearsing and, and working on pulling together some uh, a bit of a recording that we had done before the pandemic, which uh, you guys are both aware of. Um, and uh, basically, like, it, we were just rehearsing, like, every day. Basically, Luke was living in the house because he was visiting from Japan, and uh, this was... Uh, he had just gotten there in, like, April, so obviously we we didn't have a lot of notice but uh, basically, like, the, the band was rehearsing every fucking day. And I'm like, oh, my God, we sound really good. Um, like, I started to just feel a bit weird about asking these guys to, to mime it. Which, again, there's nothing against miming. There's nothing against, like, traditional music videos. But uh, we just sounded so good. I couldn't help myself. You know, I got, got excited. And... Uh, to me, again, like, you know, I had all of these smaller reasons, and then it started to dawn on me, like, this would be pretty different, too, right. if if we did this. This is something that, that maybe isn't done so much, and it is a lot of work, uh, but, but it's... Um, I've said this before, but ultimately it just felt like the more artistic approach, and, and I guess, like as as you know corny or pretentious as that may sound to some people it's kind of like what what's the what's the point of doing it any other way right 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 i i mean again the when the whole point of this release was to try and do something myself and and to try and do something away from sort of that corporate release structure mm -hmm. uh why why do anything so corporate, why not go for as artistic as possible? The other interesting part with that too is you also ended up mixing that live off the floor stuff as well. How was so you added sure. to your own workload, <laughs> frankly, as well. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. And 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 I'll I'll I I want to just say Ian Cully mixed mixed it mostly. Well, okay, I mean a collaborative mix. It was I definitely collaborative. I would definitely that, say it was collaborative. Yeah, yeah. I did a did a mix. And then uh, Ian kind of jumped in and and did his thing with it, and we kind of listened back and and really liked what Ian had done with it, and I kind of tweaked a, a couple of things from there. Um, so and and that was something. It, it's cool. Ian and I have done that on, uh, or or we've at least talked about doing that on on some projects in the future. And this was maybe the first time we've really actually gotten a chance to try it other than uh a little bit on my upcoming record but just kind of bouncing a mix back and forth and and not being so concerned about like which one of us is the mixer but it, it's been pretty interesting to to do that a little bit um so yeah that it it did kind of add to the workload but it, it's something that i mean i i've talked about this with both of you a lot like the idea of being a self-sufficient uh 
music creator is something that I I think I can stand to to work a little bit every day on. It, it's something that we're we're never maybe quite done. We're never quite uh, good enough at. So that's a another thing I thought is like what what is the point of this solo project if not a chance to develop my skills totally. a little bit? Like if it's just like ooh look at how good these songs are like you know that that's selfish and that's not really really helping me i i like my songs and and i'm proud to show them to people but uh at this point those songs are a few years old and so i did want an opportunity to like grow and and learn something from and i think them. that's a really cool thing that you've you've used your uh solo stuff for is experimenting and trying because i know when we made the first record you and i we went on a whole bunch of different tangents and tried this and like really produced it and then went back on, let's make it a little more raw and then let's, and there's a lot of cool stuff that, that, uh, you do with your solo stuff. And I think you get to play more with your own stuff and experiment and try and go, doesn't matter if it, if it turns out not great, I can either keep working on it or I learned from it and I love <laughs> mm-hmm. it so far. It all turns out amazing. I'm just going to say, but it's well, really thanks. cool to be able to have a project like that to try different stuff and learn from it and mm-hmm. see what works and what doesn't and build skills from that. And frankly, as somebody on the sidelines too, it's cool to see what works and what doesn't from a, such a weird, different release that not a lot of people do. It's like, huh? Well, that's an idea, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's been so, so fun to, to try that out. And, and I've, uh, I've often felt a little guilty in the past, <laughs> as I'm sure I've talked to both of you about it, about the amount of work I've caused both of you, just from, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 but, uh, but I, I, I hope, yeah, I, I, and I think you guys do understand like, yeah, it, it is kind of just from this desire, obviously to, to try some different stuff. If I may comment on that too, I, I remember this moment very distinctly when, cause you texted me, you were like, Hey, I hope you're well. Can we chat? <laughs> or something like that. I was just like, and I just, I just remember looking at this, this message from me. I'm like, son of a bitch. This isn't going to be. Okay. He wants something. Something's changed or he, oh. okay. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to nip this in the bud. Let's call him right now. So I like, I was like, yep, let me like, give me five. And, and we called and I, and you, and I, <laughs> this timid Emmett O'Reilly voice. Hey, so, (laughs) (laughs) and, and that's the, and so he asks me is like, and he says like, I really want to do this. The band is here. I don't, I really don't want them to, to, to mime. I want to re-record everything live off the floor with the band. And there's a, there's a moment of silence <laughs> as, I <laughs> contemplate my, I remember this, as I yeah. contemplate my life choices up to that moment. Um, yep. and I think, I think what I said was, <sighs> I mean, that's, that's a lot of work and that's really different. And then there was another silence where like, Evan couldn't tell if he needed to like to keep talking or not, but there's another <laughs> silence. And then I just went, but damn, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and I was so, and I, and I just remember being so like torn between like logistically. I was like, we're doing this next week. Are you fucking kidding me? Like logistically, it was a, it, yeah. like, it, like my heart sank. It was a nightmare, but like I couldn't get it out of my head of just like, that's cool. But that's ambitious and that's uh, pretty damn cool. Like, no, like, who else does that, right? Like, who else have you ever heard of that did 
a three song like music video essentially. Um, that's a short film, and they re-recorded the tracks live off the floor. Like, <laughs> come on, no one, no one has the balls yeah. to do that. Like, no, and no, and to you know, to that point too, no label would sign off on that. But like, too much work, too much work, yeah. money, you know, and or just time, you know, and um, but the, you know, but. Gosh darn it! You know the request came from Emmett O'Reilly, and so and, it, and like artistically, it was too cool to turn down. Is really what it came down to. It's like regardless of how difficult it was, it would be regardless of the really cool ideas that we were letting go of that I was still very much attached to. It was too artistically cool not to do. Basically, I remember dropping that bomb, and there was probably it was a it was a, a lengthy period, like maybe twenty seconds or so, where I was like. Is he gonna kill me? <laughs> <laughs> like I, <laughs> it crossed like, my mind. <laughs> yeah, and and I wasn't sure. And I remember what you said that eventually, like this. I don't know what it was about this, but the tension really cleared. You were like. God damn it, I wish it wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, I think that's what I Okay. Yeah. That's so Yeah, good. we're okay. But, uh, I just want to end off here because uh, you guys have been very generous with your time to chat about this. What are some of your, uh, your, your, the most fulfilling part of this project and something like your biggest lesson from this project? Yeah. Wow. Uh, big questions. Um, I think right off the bat, one of the most fulfilling things was just doing something on this scale, I guess, for me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when Emmett said he wanted to do, like, a short film of his EP, like, that re- that ambition really, I was drawn to that. And, I, you know, we rented um, some extra lenses for it, and, you know, we um, got all the gear together. And, um, you know, we like, you know, like we've said, we were in pre-pro for this project for basically over a year. Um, just trying to get it all figured out and all laid out. And, um, and so that was really rewarding to me was to finally kind of, um, not finally, but to do a project on this scale. Uh, it's, it's honestly made me want to do more projects on this scale. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. Um, but honestly, after having done it, I'm like, I'd like to start working with bigger crews and doing bigger types of projects like Mm. this, where, um, maybe I'm just the director and I'm not everything. (laughs) Um, right. You know, I, I liked it a lot and it kind of um, informed some of my decisions for a few projects that I did thereafter too, even just music videos of just like this, you know, the ambitious scale that I decided to to go for for them. Um, that's kind of my, um, that's the thing I'm most satisfied by was the fact that, uh, you know, we had this really ambitious idea and we went for it. And I really think it's quite unique. It's very, very cool. And I'm very proud to uh, have done it. And it's kind of perfect too because it's only eight minutes long. Like it's a short film. Yeah. Like um, it's very palatable. I think anyone can watch it and uh, derive meaning from it. Um, derive a, you know a personal experience that they can relate to. Um, the big lesson learned is always just roll with the punches. Everything's going to change. Um, the best laid plans of mice and men and, and such. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. But at the same, but I still believe too that like you know um, my methodology is always to over prepare so that. Um, I, I, I can pivot better. So yeah, a little bit of over planning doesn't hurt. Um, but, uh, be ready for all of your plans to, to go to hell in a handbasket and, um, roll with the punches and yeah, just, uh, just be ready for anything. And, and, and two, at sometimes, uh, the things that don't go to plan inspire better ideas. What about you, uh, Emmett? 
I'll start with the lesson. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Take that, host. <laughs> always. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to always uh, communicate as well as I can. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, it's it's an, an effort for me and for all of us, I guess, to, to be our most communicative selves. And uh, so so for me to to mull over the the gravity and the, the you know, the scale of this project was sort of a lot to take in. And and there were a lot of ideas that I maybe sat on uh for a while to kind of figure out where i was at with them for example like how i felt about acting in it and and all these kinds of things as well as being being communicative it it was a good lesson in like be be a bit more decisive because like these projects are for having fun and working with your friends anyway you know what i was most proud of actually i i my mind goes right back to a moment after the the filming which was uh when we were all sitting in the living room and we were uh, betting on CPU Smash Bros. <laughs> oh, we yeah. just picked four Donkey Kongs. And I remember looking around the room and and being like, yo, like three three completely separate groups of friends of mine are, are here and pulled together to make this happen. And I was so proud of that. I was so proud of my friends and, and myself, I guess, to a certain extent. All, all of us just like the amount of of talent and and dedication just for this like crazy little project was uh very awe-inspiring and i was really proud of the way everyone pulled together with you know some people had never met each other before uh and and um it, it was so much not only like so much fun but so inspiring to just see the way everybody worked on it and again such a fun rap party after that's that's the thing just like thinking of that moment when everyone was just losing their minds cheering for these <laughs> cpu dk i like i laugh every time it's such a great memory but uh but it, it was just yeah i was so proud of this this group of people that had assembled i guess you know because everyone was just so well great. thank you guys for uh the chat about this i think this is so cool such an ambitious project obviously it was a lovely conversation and also a very fun weekend of filming and just being around such a mm-hmm. uh, a creative group of people and a creative project and uh it's definitely very very inspiring so for those of you listening, if you haven't checked it out, the link will be in the uh, show notes for the for this episode. But go check it out, Anxious Attachment. Thank you guys once again for coming on, and um, we'll thanks for having. Yeah, us. thanks so much. We'll chat with you guys later. I look forward to the next project and having you back on to discuss all you of bet. the things that come next. <laughs> oh, we'll be back. Don't you worry. for listening to that chat with Emmett and Malcolm. I hope you learned something to take away some inspiration and some ideas. All the links for everything will be in the show notes including the full Anxious Attachment film and the My Vacation record. Now if you're a music producer or mixer or engineer yourself and you're looking to take get advice to take your productions to the next level I do have mixed feedback and personal one-on-one coaching available on my website anikcreates.ca Now fun fact is the Anxious Attachment music video, the mixing for that record, was actually part of that coaching, and I did some coaching calls to help them take that mix to the next level. So go check that out and see if that would be helpful for you and your productions. The link is in the show notes, or you can go to anacreates.ca slash coaching. But that is it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. Until then, always be creating.